advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Hello, everyone. This is Amrys Wang from The Raw Entrepreneur. And today, I have a very special lady guest, and she's all the way in Mexico, Cancun. Did I get that right? Yes. And her name is Maria Garigari, who is the founder of El Perro Mas Feliz. Or as I know it, very simply as the happy dog community. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. No, I've been following you on Facebook and, you know, I was very impressed that there was this lady, you know, in Latin America who started a raw feeding community over there. And I just joined, even though I didn't know how to speak Spanish, I said, I'm going to join a group. <laughs> just, just, just to follow you, and I, I won't understand anything. But you know, just, just because I was so impressed, and it was because of Rodney Habib and Dr. Karen Becker, and I remember they went to Mexico City for a TEDx talk. That's right, that's right, that's right, and that's how I, that's how your name popped up, and I went, this lady is very interesting, you know, and and one of my passions is to really, you know. Um, interview, you know, um, pioneers in our fresh food feeding community that's, you know, like, like making a movement and making, a, a, you know, an impact around the world, not just North America or in Europe, but really truly around the world. And yours is the best example I could find because, holy cow, how many people do you have in your community now? Da? <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're growing every day hopefully so yeah we're we're a growing community of over 17,000 people counting all platforms with all platforms i use it's over wow 17, wow that's impressive so maria could you share with everyone you know who is maria gari gari yeah and of course <laughs> yeah. thank you well um i'm basically an entrepreneur and um I'm an advocate for raw feeding for dogs, especially. Um, I consider myself to be a community builder because that's what I do, you know? What I've been doing the last 10 years is building different platforms, groups, communities. Um, I, I'm offering my knowledge and my journey for people that wanna learn 
on how to have a better life for themselves and for their dogs and cats. So basically that's what I do. I created my community in 2016. So we've been doing it every single day since, since then. And it's been a journey. It's been a, a spiritual, uh, amazing, hard journey, but I would never trade it for anything in the world. So why raw feeding? I mean, were you always a raw feeder or, you know, how, how did you become a raw feeder to begin with? Well, um, I have a dog. I have two dogs. I am the, the first dog I'm going to talk about is Cherry. Her name is Cherry. She's a golden retriever. She's now 10 and a half years. So it, we're almost 11 years old. And when I adopted her, it, she has a funny story. I adopted her from a, from a school for the blind, okay, for a, a guide dog school for, for the blind. She was a candidate to become a, a guide dog. You know, she was a, a, a really small puppy. She was in training. And I, I, I volunteered to offer her a temporary home, you know, because with, with these puppies, you need to learn to teach them how to live in a house, how to behave, not to jump on the table, to go potty outside and all those things. So I volunteered because I said, you know, I'm in college. I don't want a, a dog forever. I want to travel the world. I want to do this and that. I had so many plans, you know. So I said, I want something temporary. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna volunteer. And they gave me, they gave me this amazing puppy. She's a golden retriever. She was beautiful. I mean, she is, but she was, you know, golden retriever puppies are beautiful. So I, I have her at home. I was teaching her how to behave. I was taking care of them. Of course she was getting fed with cable, you know? They gave me the, the cable and they said, this is the brand she eats. So you buy it. And I was like, fine. And um, then after some, some weeks, um, I had to, to return her to the, to the facilities because she was a little nervous about some things such as um, I, I, I was living in Mexico City at the moment. It's a very big city, like 20 million people. So it's super busy, it's super big. There's a lot of traffic. And she was really scared to certain noises, um, like crossing really big avenues. She, she didn't like that. She didn't like many things that a guide dog needs to do, right? So I contacted the, um, the school and I told them, you know, she, she's not comfortable with this. And they were like, okay, why don't you give, you give her back to us so we can train her and we'll take it from here. And they were like, what? I, I, do I need to surrender the puppy? Yes. And I'm like, no way. No, yes, you, you gotta do it. It's just not your puppy. And I'm like, oh my goodness. That was a breaking point for me because I was like, I was in love with her, obviously. So I was like, what did I get myself into? So I, I gave them Terry, the puppy. I go back home crying, missing her every single day. And after like three weeks or so, they called me and they say, you know, she doesn't have the, um, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. She doesn't <laughs> have the character. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have the character. You know, she mm. needs to be a home dog. And I was like, I want her. I want her. So I, I was really happy to have her home now forever. And um, a few weeks after that, I was at the park 
like literally with her. And this lady approached me. She, she, I remember she's an American lady and she was like, hey, I'm offering this samples of my, my natural dog food. And I, what? She was like, yeah, it's, it's with meat and vegetables and fruits. And, and she told me the story of her dog. I was looking at her dog. It was a, a beautiful big dog. And she was telling me that he was almost dying because of cable. I had never in my life heard anything about this. It was like, okay, I'll try it. I mean, is it poisoned <laughs> or something? And she was like, no, obviously not. And I'm like, okay, fine, good. I'm gonna try it. I, I had no idea about anything. So I gave the, uh, it was like a little piece of meat. It, it was pre-cooked, you know, it wasn't raw exactly, but it had meat and vegetables and stuff. So Cherry loved it completely. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do some research here. So I started looking into, into Google and I saw so many stories, so many data, so many articles, so many, you know, testimonies of people that said, you know, people gave my dog cancer kibble killed my dog kibble is not good kibble has chemicals kibble has all sorts of things so i was like hmm, this is interesting so I, I i i told her hey i'm interested how much is it and it was even cheaper than the kibble i was buying so it was like okay no yeah it was it was a no-brainer right i was like fine i'm gonna do it so at first i'm gonna be honest like the the, the very first months I did it just like, okay, this is another option. I'm fine with it. I wasn't like, I wasn't aware of the, the, the biggest decision I, I was, I was doing, you know, that is changing my dog's diet. I didn't understand the importance of it. So I was feeling her with this. And after, I can tell you, like after two or three years, she developed that very bad allergy. We didn't know why. You know, she was just scratching and scratching and scratching all the time. Um, obviously, the veterinarians told me it's the food. It's obviously the food. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? I don't want to give her cable again. Well, you can try and offer her some other types of protein. But I didn't know how this worked. So it was like, how am I going to do it? I just buy it, you know? So I tried to look up on the internet. I had tons of information. I didn't understand. My brain was exploding. I was very, very like distressed. I didn't know what to do. And she was suffering. It was horrible. The veterinarians offered her like um, um, different medicines, you know, very, very strong medicines, like corticoids. And, and, and it's really... It, it was getting ugly. So I was like, I need to do something. So the lady that was selling me the, um, the, um, the natural food, she was like, okay, I have a formula with sardines. Maybe this will help. But it was so expensive. It was really so expensive that I was like, no, I'm going to do it by myself. So I go into the market, I buy sardines, and I said, okay, it, it shouldn't be that hard. It's just sardines and maybe tomatoes and maybe bananas. <laughs> and I started like inventing my own food. And she's like, she stopped scratching, okay? She, she, it it kind of worked, but it was not balanced. It was nowhere balanced, you know? It was, I was just trying to do what I 
I thought I was doing good, you know, but it's, it was not all right. So after a while, she stopped scratching, like the allergy went away. So it, it was maybe, yeah, it was maybe related to this type of food I was giving her because I didn't rotate proteins. I wasn't offering variety, but I didn't know that. I just saw, I just thought I was on the same cable mindset. You buy this and you give it to the dog, right? So when I started this sardine experiment, I, I was this is not balanced. Is she gonna eat forever this tins of, of sardines? Is it, I wasn't convinced. So I moved to another city because of my job. And in the new city, no one had any idea about raw feeding, about natural dog food. No one knew anything. So I was like, what am I gonna do? So I go to this market and I'm like, do you have, raw food for dogs or natural food for dogs and they're like no but that guy always buys a lot of chicken for his dogs and i'm like he yeah so i i go to him and i'm like hey um someone told me you <laughs> you feed your dogs chicken so i was figuring out you could help me out and he was like yeah i actually have a brand of raw food for dogs and i really because no one knew about this. And, and he was like, no, it's very new. It's, it's been on the market like a few months. So I will give you a sample. And if you don't believe me, just buy your dog like a whole chicken and she can eat it with the bone. And I'm like, okay, hold up. With the bone, are you crazy? No, just like the wolves, a wolf, it's gonna eat the bone and everything. So it's the same thing with your dog. Trust me. If you don't wanna buy my food, don't buy it, but give her, you know, chicken, pork. And I, I, my mind went crazy, right? Because I, I couldn't believe my dog had to eat bone, right? So I did it. She survived the first bone. <laughs> and from then on, I, I, I bought this guy's food. And it was amazing. The first food I was I was feeding her, it was pre-cooked, okay? It was not raw. And then this second food was raw. It was raw meat with a lot of um, a lot of compliments. Like um, I remember, it had spirulina, it had um, hemp's um, oil and coconut wow. oil, and and many other things. You know, it was more into the balance mm. spectrum. You know, so. Cherry was super happy. She, I don't know, like she she went younger, really. With my experiment of the sardines, she was not doing very well, okay? That was the, the most I could do at the moment. But when I switched her to another, like a really balanced diet, she changed completely. The hair, the teeth, her energy, I was amazed. Okay, so I said, I need to learn on how to do it. I cannot be a slave to other people's brands or other people's, you know, ideas. I really need to know how this works. So from then on, I started doing really deep research. I took many courses. I took a certification here in Mexico with a veterinarian that teaches how to raw feed. I came across Dr. Karen Becker and I came across all the amazing raw feeding community all over the world. And I started doing it in a proper balanced way. Okay, so after that, I got another dog 
I switched to raw. He was, you know, I adopted that dog. He was emaciated. He, he was, you know, under, underweight. He was in a very bad shape when I got him. With the raw food, he changed. He was a German shepherd because now he's, a, he's in heaven. He, he passed away because he was sick. But his last months were amazing because of this change and because of love and exercise and other things. But raw feeding and learning how to do it, it was such a process that, that taught me that things are not how we think they are. You really need to do some research. You really need to get your hands dirty to know how things work. So after that, I created the community and I launched a course, an online course for pet parents, dog parents that, that went through the same story I went to, you know? You have a problem with your dog. You don't know what to do. The vet is not helping. The vet does what he thinks is fine, but you're not seeing the results. So you know you need to do something. And uh, I, I don't want parents, pet parents, to go through what I went through. So I created this course so they can have a shortcut, a shortcut to the outcome they need and to the dog's life they want for them. And and for happy dogs. So that's why I created the community, the course, and that's the story so far. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. Um, okay, so how old is this community, El Perro Mas Feliz? Um, so I launched it in 2016, so it's almost four years. Wow, and you've got like 17,000, well, across the platforms that you're serving. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, um, we've been growing fast. Um, we have a co the community has um, has spaces on on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We have an Instagram account. We have a YouTube account also, and we have a TikTok account. So TikTok <laughs> is a little crazy and a little challenging, and it might get banned. I don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and we have a little podcast. It's, it's, it's not very active, unfortunately, but um, we do have some episodes. So yeah, overall, we have more than 17,000 people. Wow, that, that is so amazing. And I love, I, you know, I really can identify with, with the struggles you had, like trying to, you know, first of all, the whole diet kibble mindset switch, you know, and I understand that because frankly, if you talk to most people on the street, you know, kibble is the standard, you exactly. know, and, and the idea like, why should you even, the idea of why should I even cook or feed raw, you know, and, you know, what's the big deal, you know, why, why, why is it so important? And, you know, and, you know, I love rescue. So listening to, to, to your story of how you help your, your, your dog and, you know, give him, a, you know, a good life, you yeah. know. Uh, and the amazing thing, you did it with raw food, with diet. Right. Diet is so amazing, you know, without the vet's help really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. A, a simple change with the diet can have amazing changes to your health and to your dog's health. Because, you know, the interesting thing about this whole thing is not just, um, it's obviously giving your dog a better life, happier, longer, healthier life. But it's just that your life as a pet parent is going to get transformed. 
It's not going to be the same. It, when you become a raw feeder, you change your mind. And that's the most important thing. You start seeing things with different eyes. You're going to criticize. You're going to question things. You're not going to accept anything that is put on your table. For any topic, not just feeding. For anything, you're going to be critical. You're going to be analytic. You're going to pay attention to the little details in life. And I think that's amazing because you know what? That makes us better people. I, I, I truly believe that. So, you know, I mean, building a community, especially one that you have grown to 17K, which, you know, it's mind blowing. Cause I mean, like if I can have a community of two, I'll be so excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so how, I mean, like what, what sort of, you know, like, what was the impetus for like, okay, I'm going to do this community, but you know, like, how did you think about, you know, like, like getting it done, you know, like, you know, how did you get the message that, or how do you craft the idea? Like, you know, how, yeah. how do you create it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I first started like doing videos, making videos of, of my meals, like, like my dog's meals. Right. I, I would be like documenting everything. So that's one, one first step. I was like, okay, I'm going to feed them fish. So I'm going to document it with pictures, with videos. Then I would start uploading everything into Facebook. I started off with Facebook first. And, um, and then I created the group. So obviously at first it was just my friends, you know, the ones who would look at the pictures and then they would start like inviting other people like, Hey, this guy has a dog and he loves his dog. Maybe he's interested. So I started growing like a net just like that. It's not, it's not fast. Obviously that's not very practical maybe, but that's the way I did it. Um, and things have changed for Facebook in the last few years. I understand that. So um, I started off with Facebook. Then I opened the Instagram account. And at the same time, my husband was like, you need to upload this to YouTube. People need to, to, to find you because on Facebook, you see what you see, right? It's just your algorithm and all this crazy yeah. stuff. But on YouTube, it's a search engine, right? So people search how to raw feed my dog. So if you do well on your SEO, people are going to find you, okay? So I started like how to uh, feed sardines to my dog, how to uh, feed honey to my dog and stuff like that. I started off like that. My videos are crappy, I'm gonna be honest, are crappy, I have no skills on editing or anything like that. So if you go into my channel, it's like, <laughs> what's this? This is weird. But I have a lot of views of some videos that people liked because they found useful, right? So I started understanding my own audience. I was like, okay, I know that I, I'm talking to pet parents, not dog owners. Dog owners, is the general like universe of people but i just talk to pet parents to people that believe their dogs are part of the family that dogs have different needs than than myself and stuff like that so i was looking at how pet parents would be interested in certain topics so i would develop more content on that 
then I created the place, the um, the Instagram account, and then um, I think it was last year, I jumped into TikTok. It was it's been crazy. I don't love it to be honest, but I've been I've been growing fast. And without getting too technical on marketing things and stuff, it's interesting because it, it's a very um, people don't know anything about raw feeding. If they don't know on Facebook on TikTok. It's less. They don't know anything. Okay. One of the interesting things that that I want to just tell you is that um, the users are younger. It's like people, I would say from 10-year-olds to maybe 22-year-olds in general. So they're pretty young. And I I saw this like an opportunity to give this message to to the youth, to young people. The next generation. Exactly, because I'm a millennial, and we millennials are not too young anymore. We're divorced, <laughs> we have kids, we have pay, things to pay. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so the, um, the Z generation has the opportunity to, to get this fresh content, and they are seeming to like it at least. So that's how I, I created this, how I built and how I've been growing the, the community. Wow. That's a lot of work. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Four years. It's so intense. I mean, like, I'm, you know, like, wow, <laughs> really wow. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's and so like, impressive. And there's another thing I, I want to mention that I, I missed in 2018. I decided to organize the very first TEDx event, you know, the TED Talks events. I'm an organizer in Mexico City. So I decided to organize the very first TEDx event dedicated to dogs and well-being of animals, right? So the slogan was just animal. It was TEDx Mexico City animal. And I had the pleasure of meeting the amazing Dr. Karen Becker that for you that you don't know her she's the uh, world's best most follow veterinarian so you should follow her too and rodney habib he's the greatest raw feeding advocate in the world so i had the amazing amazing opportunity to meeting them to working with them on their presentations uh we we uh, had a, an amazing time in mexico city and uh and yeah, that, that was another way of congregating a community. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Oh, that's amazing. So you're the brains behind that event because yeah. that was the event that I think that's how I found you because in, in terms of, uh, you know, what you did was so impressive because I remember following Rodney and Dr. Karen Becker. They said they're going to do a TEDx talk in, in, in Mexico City. I'm like, wow. And it was all about, animals it was, it was it was like wow you know like never heard of before and now i met the originator and the brainchild behind it i'm so i'm so honored man you know <laughs> thank you and i i just can't believe it's like you know the 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 passion that you have to educate and to reach out that is so powerful you know and i mean like i can't imagine how organizing something like that would have that's another level of organization and, and getting it off the ground. That's so impressive. Um, so during this whole time when you were doing, you know, your, your raw feeding community and all that, did you, did you ever get frustrated, you know, and, and 
ever think, you know, like, do you want to give up? Was it tiring? Because it sounds tiring, you know. I mean, like, you know what, you, 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 you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah, of course. Actually, I'm not going to lie. This very month, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I think it's part of the process of um, leading a community, you know. Um, leading a community is not something for everyone. It's not for everyone. It's not easy. It's lonely. It, it's always said, you know, the leaders are lonely. I'm not calling myself a leader, but I'm the leader of my little tribe. And it's, it's lonely, you know, and um, especially when we live in a world in which people don't believe in what you're saying, because they've been taught that Kibble is the way to go, that you don't have to question things. If someone is a doctor, you believe in what he says, no matter what. If someone is an employee from a big company, you respect him and you don't question. So in that mindset, being the, the misfits, being the, uh, the critical people, being the, uh, the crazy bunch, it is tiring. So um, I, I obviously like, have had problems and issues with people. One of the, I'm gonna open up here, honestly. Um, this is something I've never shared to anyone. But um, after the TED event we organized in Mexico City with Rodney and Karen, um, you know, we, we had the event, the, um, their conferences were recorded, then they get uploaded into the TEDx official channel. And after some months that the, um, the videos were online, I get this notification that Rodney's and Karen's talks were banned. I mean, not banned, but they, they had this little disclaimer on, on the video. And I was like, what? I had never had that experience before in my life. What's going on? So I go, I go look into that and I see that TED, TED organization, TED Talks, they put this little disclaimer saying basically, in other words, that what Rodney and Karen and other people, but I'm talking about my event, um, they were saying that these talks were not supported by TED. Like, how can I say? Like, they, they were basically saying that the information was not um, scientifically supported. So therefore, before doing any changes into your dog's or cat's diet, you should contact a veterinarian. To me, that was devastating. That was devastating, really. That is, um, I don't know how to put it, like a confrontation to, to knowledge and to democracy and to everything, you know? So for us, for me, for Rodney, for Karen, it was very disappointing, right? So that, was, that one was a very awful moment we, we went through. And it didn't matter, you know, in the end, the amazing thing is people see the results, people see the truth and people have believed Karen and Rodney in my community. And, and, and we've come across that, you know, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Other times, many veterinarians in Mexico and Latin America attack me on TikTok, on YouTube, like you're crazy. What are you doing? You're going to kill your dogs. Because here in Latin America, raw feeding is not that widespread as it is in the US, Canada, Europe, okay? 
Many people do it more and more every year, but it's not the mainstream thing, okay? Here, the mainstream thing is the veterinarian with the kibble and that's it, right? So many people attack me. And although I do not take it personally, most of the time, sometimes it builds, you know, and, and you're like, okay, I'm done, you know, I don't need this. And then I remember, you know, there's another positive thing about Ted that I've learned. Um, I'm, some years ago, they invited Monica Lewinsky, you know her, you know, mm -hmm. uh, from, um, a few years ago, she, she was very uh, popular because of other things. But the thing with Monica Lewinsky is that they had never invited her to anywhere. She, she sort of, you know, got vanished from the face of earth. No one spoke about her. And Ted decided to invite her to listen to her side of the story and to listen a message about bullying and getting bullied by something, right? So in this very inspiring talk, she said something that resonates with me every time I feel bad. She was like, she was asked, how do you manage to come here and speak up with all the background, all the stories you have behind you? And she was like, I think to myself, I think to myself, it's not about me, it's about my message. And that, my friend, that is what has kept me going. It's not about me, it's about the message. Yeah, well, that's really inspiring. Yeah. That's very deep, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, so that's, that's my answer. Wow, that, that's hard, <laughs> man. You know, what you, when, you, when you mentioned about how Ted, TEDx wanted to basically, you know, disclaim against uh, uh, Rodney's and, and Dr. Karen Becker's um, talks. It smacks so much of big pharma, big yeah. food corporation putting pressure and, 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 and you know, it's like it really shows how insidious and deep their, their, their influence is, you know, in, in, in different aspects. I mean, like, you know, even TEDx, yeah. you would think that even TEDx can, is yeah. supposed to be a, a platform for knowledge and for people to say things that, you know, um, anything, but so long as, you know, it's a true message yeah. and, and to be told that, oh no, what, what you guys are talking about is, is woo-woo. Yeah. It was, you know, and it's not supported. Um, that, that's very painful. That's actually, yeah. you know, a real slap, a real slap. So I, I just feel that, you know, I'm, I just think you guys were amazing because you're right. I watched the videos. It resonated. I still share those videos, actually, yeah. you know, um, with, with anyone who's interested in, in raw feeding. I will send them the TEDx from Mexico City <laughs> to, 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 to educate them. Say, like, you've got to follow these two. And they did a talk in TEDx in, New, in, in Mexico. You've got yeah. to watch it. Yeah. So that is actually one of my... my uh, videos that I love to share oh. and I love meeting the brainchild I mean like I'm talking to the very lady who 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 made it all possible I mean, I'm so honored it's really... oh the universe is speaking to me <laughs> exactly it's a sign it's a sign it's a sign it's a sign oh my goodness so you know with with with, with all that you've done so far you know and and getting your message out um what would you say um, in your journey, you know, when you started it, you, 
did you have a, you know, like, you know, when you started like, okay, I want to accomplish this goal, you know, but, you know, where you are now, like four years later, I mean, did you meet your goal or, you know, uh, what, no, yeah. how, how do you find that, 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 you know, your journey so far? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I think um, one of my goals is to really change the lives of pet parents and their dogs. And I, I want to be very specific here because it's my community, my message is not about just the food itself, okay? It's about your mindset. What I'm trying to do is to empower pet parents, to, to make them see things differently, right? So if they change their dog's diet, oh my God, that's a blessing. But if they just question one single thing in their lives, because of my message, it's worth it, you know? It's, so um, here it's about change, changing people's mindset. And um, my, goal, my goal is to change the lives of dogs, first of all, of 10,000 dogs, 10,000 dogs. So no, I haven't met my, my, my goal yet. Um, and the other, the other uh, goal I have is to really, um, I, I have this, this dream of talking to the authorities, at least in Mexico, that's where I'm from, to advocate from, the, um, from a law point of view, with the law to, to regulate, regulate the food we're giving our dogs. Let's regulate, um, let's support local butchers, local farms. You know, let's do something differently. That's something I haven't done, to be honest. That's something I want to do in the midterm. But because I know that if you don't, in my opinion, in my, in my point of view, if you don't get in touch with the authorities, social activism is amazing and it's necessary. But if you want a real change, you need to get involved those who make the law and those who enforce the law. So that's my point of view, and that's something I want to do. And uh, so far, the journey has been, like I said, it's been, it's been hard, but it's been so fun. At the same time, I've been meeting amazing people like you, like Karen, like Rodney, like many other guys in the US, in Mexico, amazing veterinarians that are really opening their minds and their hearts and that are really getting things done to, to make a change. I've met amazing pet parents. We have a, a Facebook, uh, I mean, a, a WhatsApp chat and we're always talking, sharing, you know. Um, I've met friends, I've made friends. Um, I had the opportunity to really change my life also, my choices, what I eat, what I do, why I do things, question everything. So it's been a, a very deep journey that I would never trade for anything. It's literally life-changing, yeah. not just for the dogs, but for yourself as well. Exactly, exactly, yeah. I think, you know, um, yeah, your story is truly one of the ones that, you know, will like pull my heartstrings, you know, because, <laughs> because you know, for the fact that, you know, you're, you're basically like me, like a pet parent, you know, you love your dogs, you, you rescue and you, you came through all these obstacles and, you know, trying to, to, to the journey of literally 
opening your mind to other possibilities of other ways of feeding, you know, that there's a better way of doing things. And then of all things, you didn't just keep it to yourself. You decided that I want to share this message with the rest of, you know, the Latin speaking community with anyone who wanted to listen really, you know, and to me, that's like, wow, (laughs) you know, you know, and, and to know and to meet the lady who, who started TEDx Mexico City, <laughs> which, is, which is something like, you know, I, I was honestly, when that happened, I thought, whoever organized that, God bless you. <laughs> really, that, that was how I felt because, oh my God, someone actually, you know, had the courage to do that. And to meet you, you know, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, like I said, I think the universe is 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 you know is is hearing things and and and, and making us you know uh, meet and and all that because yeah. your message is so powerful, um, especially because you're from Latin America, yeah. you know, um, and you're sharing all this with with a different group of people because it's basically in Spanish, you know. Yeah basically in Spanish. So you're really, you know, influencing and changing and doing TikTok of all things. Cause I've I've seen the app. I I, I had a look inside, but it's it's a bit like, whoa, you yeah. know. It's so for too, you, much. too much. Yeah. But for you to actually like, okay, I'm gonna go this and reach out to the younger generation. I mean like you're you know truly, you know, you know, like thank you for doing what you're doing because it's you're 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 really like you know a change maker you're 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 making you know um touching people even at a very young age you're planting those seeds you know they might not realize it right now you know but but you know whatever you're doing will will make them become better pet owners and i just I love you for it. Really. I truly do. <laughs> My vocabulary is very short. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. You know, um, of all the things that you've done and, you know, what, what advice would you give to someone who, who is starting out in their journey? You know, you know, like looking back, you know, and, and, and say like someone like me, like, you know, like, Hey Maria, what would you advise, you know, to, to, to give me? Well, first thing is get help, get help, you know, raise your hand. There's people everywhere in every corner of the world going through what you're going through. We sometimes believe that it's only our journey that no one understands us that for example, if I want to change my dog diet because he's been sick, for example, no one understands. No, really, there's people that we do understand. So you just need to Google it. We live in a time in which reaching out to people like you is very easy. So let's let's use it. Let's take advantage of it. So first thing would be get help because you need to learn how to change your life and your dog's life. It's not a hard thing to do. Many people, for example, here in Latin America, people believe that only a veterinarian can tell you how to feed your dog. Because, you know, we've been trained to believe in the system, in, in, in the authorities, and it's, it's the way we were raised, right? Um, but no, it's not true. Veterinarians, most of them don't know anything about nutrition and 
you can do it. It's like if you said you cannot feed a baby because you're not, not a pediatrician. It's like, no, it's not like that, right? There are things that are common sense. Other, yes, you need to learn. So you need to learn, you need to raise your hand and you need to get help. Get someone that knows the journey, someone that knows what they're doing that can teach you. And the second most important thing I would say is be part of a community, okay? When you're lonely, when you're alone, it's hard, it's, I mean, it's easy to give up. It's, it's very easy to give up because you're like, I don't need this. I don't need to be going through this. This is difficult, this is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. But when you on the other side have fellows that are on the same track as you are, it's easier. Um, it's just easier, it's happier. Just get a community and get help. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for, for taking the time to speak to me. You know, I, I truly appreciate what you've done. Um, I, oh, there was one thing you mentioned, which I actually forgot to ask you. You said you, you so you've actually created uh, networking with vets, in, with vets in, in, in Mexico who are also learning about raw feeding community. Yeah. You know, is that, is, is that um, a growing awareness now or is it still... I think, yeah, I, I believe that the awareness is growing every day. We see more brands, more raw feeding brands of raw food for dogs and cats. I see more, um, yeah, I see more people into that. I truly do. When I started back in 2016, there was just one group in Mexico in, in, on Facebook in Spanish. And uh, right now that group is super big. It has like 25,000 people in it. And more and more people are aware of that. Another very important thing is when you go to a vet and they ask you, how are, uh, what is your dog eating? And you're like, barf diet. <laughs> oh, okay, barf. Because they know that there's some brands that are called barf and they don't know very well how it's, it works, but they know that if they're sold at Petco, it might not be that bad. <laughs> so so they, they're not that hard with pet parents that, that rough it. So I, I do believe it's growing, but there's a lot of work to get done. There's a lot of work. Most veterinarians I know, at least in Latin America, they would be, if you're lucky, they're, they're respectful and they're like, okay, I don't, I don't agree with raw eating, but okay, I see your dogs are healthy, fine. But they don't really get into it. They don't really educate themselves. They don't really um, challenge themselves. They think that because you have a degree on veterinary, that's it. And it's mm. not like that, man. It's not like that. And your, your patients are learning more, more than what you're doing. And we really need veterinarians on the game. We need them. We're not veterinarians. I mean, I know a lot about, about dog health and raw feeding, but I mean, I don't know exactly how my dog pancreas works. I'm not a veterinarian, right? So I need it. I need them to, to come on board and to learn and to discuss things. Because so far, most of the ones I've known, um, 
they're respectful or they're attacking attacking and that's not that's not the game to go you know because we don't want to divide we want to unite so um but yeah the trend is getting is growing is getting bigger so so hopefully more and more veterinarians are going to change their mindset you know i actually have a girlfriend who lives in ecuador okay and she used to she because um she used to live in Singapore because of her husband. He was working here and um, she adopted cats. And then she, through me, became a raw feeder. Oh, nice. And she went back to Ecuador and she couldn't find any raw food products. So she actually, you know, uh, I said, okay, here's the recipes online, you know, like uh, go. Yeah. So she actually bought a meat grinder and, and, and making her own food, you know, but she, she feels very much alone yeah. over there. And I actually told her to join your community sure. because it, to me, it's the closest in at least that part of the world, you know, <laughs> uh, to, to ask some questions about raw because she's still, you know, unsure. But I said, you know, honestly, raw food for dogs and raw food for cats is basically the same really they hunt they go out and kill is basically the same <laughs> you just have to make sure it's balanced exactly. you know over time um but you know i i can see you know she she being in ecuador as well uh she you know feeding making her own raw food and stuff I said you know maybe you should start selling this thing you know and and talking to her yeah. vets but she feels i think she was telling me over in ecuador it's very conventional you know, the mindset yeah. With, yeah. with the vets there, you know. So she, she does a lot of rescue work over there, you know, sterilization of the stray yeah. cats there. She's going, oh my God, if, you know, Singapore is, you know, is, you know the, 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 the way we, we, we handle the cats is so much better compared to in, in, in Ecuador. And I said, well, you know, it's a different country. It's a different culture, right. you know. Go. And I keep encouraging her, you know, like, join 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 this group pointing to your group yeah you know, go learn go learn and be an advocate over there that's what i keep telling i keep encouraging go 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 and be a pioneer yeah. and you know um and, and make it work because i i always find it very exciting you know people like you who are in different parts of the world making this journey um you know it's 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 something that you know, like wow. If we had, if we had a Maria Gari Gari in every country in the world. <laughs> oh no! You oh, don't want that. My God. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine the movement that will that will shake, man? The whole world will be shaking and moving. I mean, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. If we had just one Maria Gari Gari in every single country, <laughs> start a movement. It will be so big. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I, I don't know how, how it would, would turn out. <laughs> but thank you so much. No, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for your words because we, um, I think we as raw feeders need to support each other. We really need it. We are um, against the establishment. We need to, to get comfortable with that idea. We are against the big companies. We are against the big old ideas that we should accept everything. And um, that is not easy. And that is not something that you can do alone. You need a community. You need to know 
that you're not crazy or that if you're crazy, there are other crazy people <laughs> like you, you know? So um, we really need to support each other to, to um, share knowledge and, um, and yeah, and, and, and convince people that this is the way to go because it's always been like this. We're not inventing boiling water, you know? It's something that it's always been there, you know? Eating healthy, eating a, a biologically appropriate diet is something that nature knows. So it's just going back to basics. It's just forgetting all, all the um, 20th century crap, marketing crap. It's just going back, you know? And, um, but it's not easy because we've been, we've been taught, we've been educated to not do that. So it's not easy. I know the irony of it all is it's actually going back to basics. It's actually very common sense approach to feeding, right. you know, it's how you feed your family, you know, your human family. It's actually very much the same with how you feed your dogs as well. Actually, it's, it's not that difficult. It's actually pretty easy, exactly. but the way the industry and, you know, commercialization has made it, um, it's made it, you know, they, they sort of brainwash this whole generation that, you know, the kibble is the word. <laughs> exactly and you know what they've done a great job Amrys. they've done an amazing job in making us believe that we cannot do it i i swear you know i've seen yesterday they, there, there was this uh online debate between a raw feeding veterinarian and a conventional veterinarian in mexico and i was like oh yeah so excited and unfortunately the raw feeding vet she wasn't um, how can I put it? Like she, uh, she didn't have, she didn't know how to respond to the other vet because she was insecure. Because in the end, deep inside her, she is questioning if what she's doing is right, if she's not crazy, if she's not killing animals <laughs> by raw feeding them, and that's that's she, uh, she and all of we, we need empowerment. We need to believe that what we're doing is right because we're not you know, doing whatever we think we're doing right. We have evidence, okay? And many scientists such as Dr. Karen Becker, Judy Morgenstern, the, um, the, the founder of the BARF diet, Ian Billinghurst, many, many, many people of science have supported this type of feeding of, or diets. So it's not, it's not something that is um, just my opinion. No, it's just, a, it's, there's a method. There, there's science behind this. So we, we really need to embrace it. Oh, I, I, just, I just love your energy. I love the fact that, you know, you keep banging on the word that, you know, basically you must have confidence, you must believe, you must have clarity, you know, with your message, you know, and, and your focus. That That is something that I think um, will resonate with a lot of listeners, even myself, to be honest, because I'm, I'm starting my journey with this podcasting as well. And I'm learning from really like brilliant minds like you guys. And, and I, I just love your energy. It's so inspiring. You have no idea. I mean, like to know that I'm speaking to the lady who, 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 who created the TEDx talks is like, it's so cool, man. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm like fan girl here. <laughs> so amazing. No, I'm, I'm very honored. Thank you so much.
Oh well, thank you for 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 taking the time to 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 talk to me and and share your story with with the rest of the world, really. Um, and we must keep in touch. And I want you know, and I would love to have updates from you because I foresee, you know, that you're going to be an advocate over there for a lot more than just, you know, our, the, you know, your, your El Perro Masfili's community. <laughs> I can see, you know, like you should go into politics, man, you know, with your legislation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I seriously, you know, I, I, you know, I can see it, you know, because you're, you're the, the way you talk with your conviction, you know, I think you should whip the vets up. You, I think you need to get them to order over there and you should educate them. Yeah. I, I can see that in your future. I, I really do. <laughs> that, that's your next <laughs> level. <laughs> I really think that's your next level and, and reaching out to, you know, like pet food manufacturers and stuff. Yeah. I think I, you know, I see a big future for you and, you know, I'm, you know, I really, I look forward to following you. It's so exciting and I'm so glad that I actually got to meet you finally. <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you for having me in your, in your program. I'm really honored to, to, to having the opportunity to talk to you, to talk to your audience and congratulations on what you're doing because it's a lot of work it's a lot of passion it's a lot of compromise and not many people have that so congratulations oh, thank you coming from you it i i truly appreciate that thank you for listening to maria's story look out for repositories interview next week wow I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.